Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. What do you look for when you take possession of a boat? In this week's podcast, I share the second in a two-part series about the sailboat handover checklist and all the things we need to be looking for as the boat exits the factory and gets handed over to the commissioning agent for final work to be complete. Before my husband left for France, we talked through all the things he has to go over in the next few weeks as we reviewed the handover checklist, and he also shares what he's learning through this process. Here is part two of that conversation. If you haven't listened yet, please download Giving Birth Part 1 so you don't miss the full story. We have learned that one of the biggest challenges in buying a boat is the complete lack of information when it comes to fully understanding what you bought and whether it's in good working order once you get it. This plays out fully when you're preparing to inspect the boat and understand what should and shouldn't be there when you get it. It's a bizarre industry and it's not isolated to just our boat manufacturer or dealer. It appears to be a prolific issue across the industry, at least for us lay people. So let's dive right in where we left off. Reviewing our handover checklist, we start by talking about how we need to make sure the brand new boat out of the factory is tested for leaks and make sure the boat is watertight. Okay, um, so it says also spray windows and entire deck with water to find out if anything's leaking. Mm-hmm. So in theory, FP like mostly windows, right? I mean, um, or they mean anything? Yeah, I mean anything. Ideally, there will be some rain, <laughs> and then you can uh, you can monitor for leaks. Um, in theory, FP does put the why well, they put the ball into the the boat into a pool uh, to test. But that's some, just for the hole. Yeah, that's that to test some systems. I. Don't know. I mean, I've seen some other companies where they just create rain on the boat and then making sure everything is dry. But um, I don't think they have that at the. I don't remember seeing that. I, I didn't see it. Yeah. So so yeah, you can use a hose and and just kind of see if there are any leaks in the boat, or hopefully you get some rain and mm-hmm. then try to identify any uh, source of leaks. Test anchor, okay. Uh, check bilges for water. And um, actively test seacocks for leaks. How do you do that? Well, once you put the boat in the water, that's the first thing to check op- that there yeah. is no water entry. So that will be all all the hole, all the holes that have been <laughs> put in the boat uh, for the uh, water maker, for the heads, for you know other reasons. Um, and then to just make sure that there is no water entry. Mm. Um, check toilets, showers, and drains. Check external freshwater and saltwater systems, and the water heater. Yeah. So remind me, what was the issue with the water heater? Um, people were running out of hot water. We're not going to run out of hot water, are we? Mm, <laughs> we might, um, because we don't have like a. Uh, some people have installed like a diesel heater and then you can basically continuously heat up water. Uh, in our case, I forgot how big the tank is. So if you run the engine 
or if I believe if you're on shore power and then you will heat up the water um, but it's a fairly small tank so if you if you're at anchor and you run you know the engine uh, a day or two before who knows like how much you have left so so if you're at anchor with the boat and the generator off um, you might run out of hot water but if you turn the generator on you'll get hot water right um, I forget the source yeah so the engine definitely does it I think um, shore power and generator will also heat the water um, but I don't recall at the moment the, the tank that we get I think might have only one heating element um, so that may be tied to the engine and oh, recall so it's, it's somebody connected to a specific source I see yeah to say that basically it's the same size tank but they if I recall they got one with two heating elements so they can they can they, in their case they have the the um, diesel heater and then they can heat up the water and then so that's something we'll have to um, to figure out yeah because um, I don't want us to run out of showers i mean the showers were the reason we bought the boat <laughs> so, well you, yeah we won't run out of water but the hot water, water yeah. is different exactly when you get your boat you'll find many items from your options list stuffed in the cupboard oh mm. that's interesting since there's no detailed specification of what you get with the bowsprit package for example you are sort of at a loss um, to understand if you got everything you purchased or not Oh, that's mm-hmm. a really good point. Yeah. So, yeah, what is in the bowsprit package? I guess we have to figure that out. Yeah, and I mean, I guess if there is some documentation, which in this case, I don't know, um, I guess it's reading the documentation or, again, going back to um, what we talked about earlier, um, I mean, if, if you can coordinate with your dealer to come on board and go through the systems, you know, they can find out um, or hire somebody who's already sailed on the boat, uh, delivery captain and with family. They should with know the boat. what, yeah, comes. And then as you go through through this, they'll be like, oh, okay, why didn't they install, you know, this part, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, okay. All right, and then there's a bunch of things listed here that are um, categorized as other known issues, so things that have been reported. Um, scratches on the surfaces, which we talked about, stains on the deck, uh, fusion at the navigation table, the light goes off and on by itself because of loose connections, nav light does not turn on, um, Volvo port gauge backlight not working, uh, washer dryer pump not working. Yes, yeah, so you're going to have to do some laundry while you're over there mm-hmm. <laughs> checking that out um service batteries two extra batteries paid for only one installed yeah you mentioned that before uh, electrical wire conflicts can't switch off navigation autopilot which is always on hmm okay so you have to go really item by item i guess mm-hmm. um mdi failure caused engine not to start um this is a known problem for Volvo. For Volvo, yeah. But that was resolved. Supposedly, um, yeah. Yeah, I think only recently we've heard somebody who might have had an issue, but it sounds like uh, in most cases that's been resolved, this issue. Starboard engine leaking more coolant from the middle of the engine. 
Uh, sliding door between the salon and cockpit comes off the rails or doesn't open or close well, leaks water, sags in the middle, makes noise. Um, yeah, there was another issue with the water coming in from the helm station. Yeah. Yeah, there is... Um, we'll have to see exactly how it looks, but uh, I think there is there is a hole, but because of there is, like, some dirt that accumulates, it plugs the hole, and then the water, like, you know, um, yeah. doesn't go follow the, the path it's supposed to do. And also, when it rains... Uh, people have installed some kind of little bit of a not a gutter, but uh, to to like basically lip, lip yeah. yeah, to change the, yeah, the, the water flow. So we should look at that. Uh, let's see, paint splattered in various areas, uh, hole anti foul issues or parts of the hole untreated. We talked about that. Starboard hatch cracked or needs to be replaced. Mm -hmm. So I guess check all the hatches. Poor ceiling. Ceiling needs to be redone throughout the boat. Okay. Hmm. Uh, fridge outside and freezer door I guess not attached properly water leak from um, the AC doors and cabin don't close well and open um, underway various cabin doors not closing or staying closed nav table not fixed well and comes out yes yeah, so we'll have to look at that too um, just basic leaking stuff uh, windows hatches Water enters near the mast, which is near an electrical cable. Starboard cabin leaking, um, leaking around the mast area. Water leaks at helm station. We talked about that. Um, okay, so everything to do with the leaks, I guess. So hopefully it rains. Um, hopefully it rains after the copper is put on. <laughs> if we can yeah, or hopefully you can find those leaks yeah. by hosing the boat. And then, you know, if it rains for like a good night or something, then you might you might find some other issues. Mm -hmm. Okay, then there's a bunch of plumbing things. So um, check for gas leaks. So I guess turning the gas on and off. Um, yeah, like one owner had three separate leaks. Uh, so yeah, so you want like right. a detector <laughs> be working. and Yeah, uh, shower outlet goes straight to bilge. Oh, that's not good um, <laughs> mm -hmm. at all, especially if we take long showers. Uh, shower screen loose uh, stopper at helm station okay so the, ne the next kind of group of things has to do with rigging so the stopper at the helm station is broken shackle on the mast for the third reef on the mainsail is missing um, halyard traveler the genoa jumps from five to six by itself or hmm. the halyard's missing so i guess you'll have to look at all that yeah. uh, mainsail doesn't raise and drop smoothly um yeah, all we, I mean, this. there's a lot of work that needs to be done before FP puts the mast up. So uh, that would be the radar um, uh, reflector. Um, so to make sure there's stuff that, you know, you can always do it after the facts, but, you know, to add some antenna for the iridium go, to add a second halyard uh, for the spinnaker. Wasn't there another issue with the halyard? Or the line through the mast not going the right yeah, way. Yeah, the it's the, the the mast comes from a company called Zspar, and and it seems like the the lines are not always fed in the right quadrant inside the mast, and oh, then boy. that creates some chafe. Um, so 
again, it can be rerun, but you need to go on top of the mast. You need to get people to move on the boat in some direction to get the line to kind of go through wherever you want to go. So all that should be checked and done properly, ideally. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that needs to be installed on the mast and, um, and the running rigging, like the halyards. Um, so everything that can be checked and done during that short period of time in, in before the handover, mm-hmm. um, that's that's obviously best. Mm-hmm. Then there was a thing about the uh, reducing the number of ball bearings in the cars. Yeah, so there's a couple things. So the the mainsail doesn't come down like easily. So what everybody does is they go down. I don't know what's the standard halyard size, but everybody I think goes down to a ten millimeter. Um, um, what type of line? Ball bearing. Uh, well, oh. the um, uh, I forget the name right now, but they go to a small, smaller size uh, halyard. I think it's ten millimeters, so it, there's less friction, so mm-hmm. it comes down faster. But also, uh, the recommendation is uh, to remove um, uh, ball bearing from each car, and I guess it helps and add some lube, and it helps to. So you have to take every single one of those out? So that means, yeah, take every single one out. Don't lose the the balls. Just remove one, put it back. So it's a little bit of a process. But if you do both, change to a smaller uh, size halyard um, and remove a ball, then then that should help. The main should come down more easily. Oh, wow. That's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Right stopper traveler not working. Mass Mm -hmm. step is loose. Yeah, you don't want that. Um, cleat pulling from hole, a starboard aft cleat pulling from hole, and main mm. sheet gets holes from rubbing on spreaders. Okay, that's a lot of stuff. Are you are you ready for yeah, this? Yeah, and I don't think it's a complete list. Um, I mean, on the Facebook group, uh, I know that uh, you can create some sections, and and so I have one called to do, and uh, so you can save the different topics and create some sections for engine or generator or whatever bottom paint and so i have one that is like to do which is basically uh, stuff that we need to do uh, to check or to do um in in la rochelle or but that's know. sort of what we're going yeah. through now so but this list yeah is is, is a very good list and it's a good uh, but there might be some additional items that i will have to go through this to do like um posts and then see what else um, needs to be checked. So basically, you're going to take this list we just went through now and then cross-reference it with these other pieces of feedback we heard through the group. And yeah. then, you know, we've been writing things down too along the way, just, you know, concerns we have. So, I mean, we're going to have to work on this list probably, which is good because you'll have a nine-hour flight over to Paris, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, but I want to have internet access to on Facebook to <laughs> yeah, check so the group. Yeah, so you'll have to figure it out. So, but yeah, I mean, the the critical step is the handover, at least before the mast is put up or before the boat is, before the boat is put in the water. There's a lot of little mm, things that needs to be installed. And, and they're time sensitive because there's that little window. Yeah, I if mean, B is rushing to put the boat in the water and, and so, and they want access to the boat to do stuff. So your timing, their timing might not be in sync. Mm-hmm. But it's important to 
get your thing done <laughs> when yeah. you want it as well because then everything gets more difficult afterwards so what are you most looking forward to um i was going to say what i'm not looking forward to is discovering more problems <laughs> <laughs> because we've already discovered the uh the generator issue yeah we discovered the generator issue we don't even have the boat yet yeah like, we oh discovered that uh, our boat was supposed to come mid-march and ended up going back to uh that was an agreement early december and then our boat ends up going out end of February as it was originally planned and there was a surprise so that means we had to rush for boat registration and so insurance, insurance. And yeah. so so yeah so I'm not looking so much forward to, to deal with all this it's sort of it's sort of managed chaos you know like yeah you know, I, I think a lot I, I and I've said in my podcast on a bunch of different um, episodes that it's just you have to completely lower your expectations and go with the flow yeah. And I think because you it's, go, it could otherwise be so frustrating. Yeah, you know. I think we you have to go with the attitude is we benefit from all the previous boat owners yeah. that shared their experience, and uh, that that's why there's such you know checklists that they didn't have uh, before. Yeah, before. this is a great resource for so, sure. So so in one way it, it's a little scary because you have more information. Uh, but on the other way, uh, that information is going to be useful. And so I think that's that's the frame of mind. The yeah. other frame of mind is regardless of of your checklist and all these posts that you've been following over the years and the fact that the commissioning company does this all the time and FP does this all the time, there will be problems. And problems, I think yeah. you just have to be ready and prepared that, you know, even if you check, can spend time over there then there will still be stuff that you will discover later and but you just do all the things you can do and and after that hope for the best mm -hmm. <laughs> good advice so at the end of each of my podcast i say okay so what have you learned as we've gone through this checklist you know what are your thoughts oh uh, the main thing is i think the learn is it's not something that you want to do on your own and when I'm saying that, it's you definitely want to join a group of previous owners mm -hmm. um, because there is a lot of information, valuable information. And if you some reason you're like, hey, you know what, I don't belong to Facebook and I'm not going to bother. It might be a reason to join. Yeah, I mean, the groups be. are really good. Yeah. So, uh, so I would say definitely don't go at it alone. Um, Talk to other owners, you know, monitor the whatever Facebook group or other groups. And and also don't go alone in in if you're a couple, uh, as a couple, um, because, I mean, as we've seen this list, it's, it's quite extensive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get another pair of eyes, you get, you know, there'll, there'll be things that, you know, the same way FP... Employees are going to make mistakes. The commissioning employees are going to make mistakes and you're going to make mistakes. So the more eyes you can have and the more you can remind each other about stuff and, and feel like you're your team. So I will say, yeah, just just get a team. Yeah. Yeah. And just to those two points, you know, one of the reasons why I am doing this podcast anonymously is so we can share information openly and, and not worry about any, you know, backlash or baggage. Second point, you know, about going at it together as a couple, this has been just such a great process for us to even figure out how to improve our communications and 
things like that. And, um, you know, it breaks my heart that I can't go with you and I'm sorry, you know, we, the date flipped around and then I have all this work stuff I can't get out of. So I actually won't be able to join you until week six, but Mm -hmm. hopefully, um, it'll be okay. And we can talk a lot over the phone and you know, you won't feel so alone. Well, I think I'll probably be busy and there are other things that you'll be working on anyway. Yeah. And so divide and conquer is also important. Um, and the fact that I speak French <laughs> and I uh, haven't been in France for, I mean, I've traveled back to France, but I left France 25 years ago. So it's going to be a little bit of a culture shock to probably um, <laughs> uh, having, be French for that long. Yeah. Yeah. Having those kind of like the US standard about service and, you know, uh, I might have to reset a little bit. Um, but I think at the same time, it's exciting because even. Yeah, that would be like what I'm looking forward to is also to appreciate the moment because even though you can get lost in all the details, um, the big picture is you're getting a brand new boat. And Oh and yeah, these are really good problems to have. Yeah, yeah that's and, for sure. And yeah. so and that's kind of another step, you know, in too closer to your dreams. So I think uh yeah, it might be easy to to get lost and then uh, focus on the details and and miss the big picture in front of you and uh, about this unique moment, which which will be nice when you get there, because then, you know, it's it's won't, I won't be able to appreciate it just by myself. Uh, but once you get there and hopefully a lot of the work will have been done and hopefully you won't spot anything <laughs> in the in that first couple of days uh, and then we can kind of stop and reflect and uh, and kind of enjoy the moment. Yeah. Just take it day by day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that, maybe we should uh, get you packed. We're looking at three half full, uh, half empty or half full suitcases, so we better get on that. Yep. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Hey.